Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I'm with my guy, Robbie Falke. And unfortunately, we, we got some got some complaining to do. We need to get some things straight. There's just some some issues going on. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it. But I'll just say, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know... Robbie and the guys like to give me a hard time for spending a bunch of money on shoes that are going to eventually go on sale. So we're going to talk about money and sneakers on this episode. Coming from a guy who, who knowingly wastes a lot of money on sneakers. But before we get into that, what's good, Robbie, how you been? Hello, sneaker police. We have some robberies to report. Um, We have some (laughs) bonafide robberies to report copy. Um, I'm good. I also would say don't, pigeonhole yourself as you're somebody i'm pretty sure all our listeners here are guilty of spending money on stuff they shouldn't be spending money on but i'm good well man. you know it, it it comes back to that like the ghost runner from a couple years ago that i think about every single time i'm about to pay full retail for a retro product that like the target market is like six other dudes my age and it's like 200 dollars for for you know or 150 dollars for a retro runner that i shouldn't mm-hmm. be spending that kind of money on it's knowing difficult. damn well that like every other color is going to land on a hash wallet at that Nike outlet. I can still <laughs> see the bright yellow pair on sale in my brain. Um, I mean, that's what's crazy, right? I think for so long we were consistently used to buying stuff on sale. And I think as the culture and the community and this, the thing that is sneakers has gotten bigger, less things go on sale. So people want to impulsively buy at retail afraid that they might not be able to get it the fomo effect so i mean definitely let's 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 just start with that so what triggered this whole conversation was on sneakers the lebron 2 maccabee dropped a sample at the time in 2004 gorgeous white and gold shoe a lot of this sneaker heads like that shoe even if you don't like lebron you can look at the lebron 2 maccabee and be like, all right that's a good looking shoe um i go to buy it i'm a little bit late to the sneakers drop there's still sizes i'm like oh wow i can still like get a pair i go to push buy and i look at the price before i do and it's 215 dollars for the lebron 2 which i believe is just um double stacked like the lebron 3 i'm pretty sure it's just double stack zoom um some leather a strap um, not a lot going on there for a 2004 shoe that retailed at that time for 125. So you're telling me from 2004 to 2022, there's been that big of an increase. What what's 125 minus 215, $95, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I I did the exact Insane. same thing. I literally logged in 
saw the price and was like, well, let me go in the discord and see if anybody's actually buying these. And then I saw you had posted and we're like two fifteen, <laughs> tripping. Um, yeah. It's big tripping. And let's just preface Nick and I have bigger feet. So the size 12 and 13 in those LeBron retros tend to leave shelves faster, but the LeBron retro price point is out of whack. Like that shoe by and large is going on sale um, like the LeBron two Sprite, I mean LeBron two Sprite, LeBron eight V two Sprites. Those are like one eighty, one ninety. I think they're one sixty when they dropped initially. It's just like it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and and both those shoes for me are super nostalgic, right? Like I didn't get the Sprites the first time around, like an idiot. I should have bought them. The LeBron two, you know that the story behind that shoe is it's a it's a like crazy collectors PE, right? Like it's, if you're, if you're into like collecting PEs in that era or, or any time in the last 20, 30 years, I would say it's, it's up there in terms of like probably top 10, top 20 LeBrons of all time for those like diehard collectors, which is the perfect storm. Both of those things are typically the perfect storm for me to spend full retail on a shoe. And that's the weirdest part about it. When I saw that two fifteen, I was like, I, I, I can't even like I couldn't think of the price of the original, but I'm just like that's not even close. One twenty five, one twenty five. Like if that's like one fifty, I probably pull the trigger and I'm probably keeping them. You know, like and you're happy, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's not hard to like, especially for somebody or for people like me that are collectors that like really want to relive those moments or or capture those shoes that got away the first time. You know, like you don't have to like. You can be happy spending the money. And I definitely am, you know, I don't think people should collect sneakers in the insane way that I have over the years, but I definitely am a, if a, am an advocate of like, buy the shoes that make you happy. And if that's $200 or $300, spend the money and just have like a more focused collection of shoes that really make you happy. But like a shoe like that, it's really hard to justify the money because the other part of it is like, you know, that there's more LeBron two colorways coming. So they're going to make their money back on whatever the production cost is for those shoes that seem to be what they're pushing along to the, to the consumer. Right. And, and but they're just not the only ones doing it either. That's the crazy part. No, they're far from it. And just the discrepancy of it. So a LeBron nine low is one eighty five. Um, a LeBron, uh, you know, this where's which one is the aspirational LeBron shoe? Is it the the 20 and the new flagship model or is it the 215 LeBron 2? Because it's priced aspirationally, but it's yeah. leaps and bounds worse, a worse shoe than the LeBron 20. This, I mean, this lightness tech, you know, who knows how they actually play, but like 2022 versus 04, a lot has changed. Um, yeah. But you're right. It's not just that brand. Um, you know, you, you brought up 180 as a as a plausible price point. I think 180, 190 is for like the good stuff. You know, the good stuff is that that should be the high end because we have another egregious uh, offender here. I I obviously did pull the trigger on these because I was like, hey, you know what, fuck it. Um, I actually had a coupon code. Um, Two hundred bucks for an Air Jordan five low. Now there's levels to this. It's Paris St. Germain. There has to be some type of royalty did, you know, payout to PSG, yep. right? Cause why is this more 
then I think the fire, I think the fact that the fire red three was also 200. Did you buy the fire red three? I did not, but I think that's it was a 200 great, though. A great call out. Cause like, yeah. if that's like 175, 180, even 190, I probably pull the trigger. But by the time you, you, when you hit 200, something in my brain is just like, well, taxes, shipping, that's a 220, $230 purchase. Is it really worth it to me? And like, oh. I mean, look, I, I saw your, your, you know, Robbie's closet episode with those threes. And I was like, damn, I think I need to get these now. And by the time I saw them, of, they, they were in my size when I was on the sneakers app. And I was just like, nah, I can't Two do bones. It. Yeah. Two bones is tough. And the, the three is the fire red three was 200. But then, I mean, the, uh, uh it's just, it's tough, right? Because I mean, we're obviously all being a little finicky about it, right? How many shoes and how much dollar amount total of shoes do we have in the closet? Where it's like, yeah. is twenty five bucks really gonna like break my ass when I spot another hundred dollar pair of shoes next to the overpriced shoe I'm complaining about? So, you know, yeah. like, yep, it is what it is. But, mm, but it, I think I think that's it. an interesting and and this has to be like the most the most troublesome thing for the brands to figure out. Right. Because it's some sort of balance between like nostalgia, kicking off a new retro line collaborations, like you're saying with PSG royalties that are paid out there. And just like, you know, kind of combating the the secondary market in a, in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, to me, combating the secondary market actually hurts Nike and Jordan in the long run, because not everybody's willing to to fork over to two twenty two forty for shoes that you know like we've had too many opportunities to buy these shoes throughout the years. So like for me specifically, you know, like Jordan three is by far my favorite Jordan, but I've got a handful of them. I I can't really. I mean, I would love to have every color that Michael wore kind of story. But like, am I really going to pull the trigger every time a new version with the Nike Air comes out? No, I've got five or six, probably maybe seven or eight pairs of them. Yeah. I don't really need more of those at that price point. At the, it's and it's and it's weird. Like maybe it's also an economic thing, and just thinking about like you know how much groceries are right now. But I just look at it and think like as a brand, how do you how do you not like how do you even measure that right? Because there's no way you really can tell what the actual consumer that wants this shoe will pay versus mm -hmm. the people that are just going to buy it just because it's still there. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, I, I think, you know, to your point about Le LeBron 20, that shoe looks beautiful. Everything I've seen about it. I absolutely want to pair 200, 220, maybe even 250 is reasonable for that as a new shoe. And yeah. I think on the other side of the game, Adidas and the 4D stuff that you brought up before we started recording. That's the perfect example. I absolutely love the 4D stuff. Every pair that I've had has been super comfortable. I love the technology. I love seeing the technology evolve. So I'm actually happy to pay a higher price for that shoe because I know that it's getting invested into that technology and that technology is going to spin off into the 3D printed stuff, right? Like, I mean, that LeBron 20 seems to have like some sort of a 3D printed knit on the upper, yeah. right? So like all these things when you're spending that $300 or $400 on a, on the early run 4d stuff, which I did not. Um, I think I spent two fifty on a pair is the highest, but as that's evolved now, the retail price on 4d stuff is 200 220. You can get the, the like half 3d printed stuff from, from Adidas 
on sale for like 60 to a hundred bucks. Like it is to me, that's like a, a crazy opportunity for people to scoop up some actually interesting stuff. Maybe doesn't look aesthetically like, you know, trendy the way Panda Dunks do. But to me, it's like, that. that's like the, the, the reason you would want it is because it looks different. It's going to get people talking. It's going to get people asking about it. And it's just a cool way to like almost support the industry with a purchase instead of just buying the same old stuff that we always buy. That's a a point I've never really thought about like doing it, buying something to keep making sure that brands keep making new things, <laughs> right? If no one buys anything new anymore, they're not going to make anything new anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think like we probably naturally do it with players that we like, right? LeBron, mm-hmm. sometimes Jordan and the, you know, like the 36, 37, that kind of stuff. Like for the longest time I was trying to get every single Jordan that came out the first, at least, at least one of them. So I could have yeah. the newest version because I want to be educated on it too. I have the reason to, to, to like experience it and be able to talk about it, but also just because, you know, you kind of just want to see it evolve and like to be able to have the hands-on experience with it. Even if you only wear it a couple times, it's still way different than just looking at pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that the other part of that is like, you can tell the the players that like, you know, I'm probably one of the few people in the sneaker world that like likes Paul George. And I think those on earth, like his line is actually super underrated in my opinion, but it's definitely not going to carry on because people just don't buy it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, I forget who else just kind of stopped their line recently too, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's that angle where Nike is kind of just Nike and Adidas really figuring out price points to to maximize profits. And I'm not going to dog any of these any of these brands because it's a it's a staple of any industry. How much what's the max you can sell something for and what's the max somebody will pay for it. And you want to try to, you know, make as much money as possible. Totally get it. But where brands like. I think on you're talking about 4D tech. I would rather have a $190 new on running shoe than a $180 takedown next percent Nike running shoe. Cause that kind of is just like another, ultimately another drop in the bucket for Nike. How many of those shoes have they sold? And on top of that, those line, like the 4% line in particular is the next line, next percent yeah. line. So confusing. Um, there's so many price points and intricacies to that line where it's like, I'm never going to need the $250 double stack zoom X exposed stuff because I'm never going to be that fast. I'm going to go do it for the sneaker culture and go pick up a pair of ons because that's going to help propel other brands to keep trying new things. And when brands can't try new things, you know, they get stuck to a degree making the same retros over, you know, like, Shaq Gnosis hasn't Shaq Attack, pardon me, hasn't come back in a very long time. This is a hundred and eighty dollar shoe in two thousand twenty two. Now, Reebok needs to keep pushing stuff like Shaq because that's you know, that's a bread and butter, that's like a heritage brand. There's so many reasons why. You can't you can't push a workout the same way you can push a Shaq attack. Um to many people outside of footwear. Like these actually almost sold out on Reebok.com. This Shaq has so many fans. Shaq's a DJ. Shaq's an entrepreneur. Shaq does all these things. But you kind of have to price these at 180 to keep yourself alive. But is 180 I wouldn't pay 180 for the Shaq attack. I pay I pay 125 to 150. Like and that's only $30 to the point of 
we have so many shoes, why complain about it? But like, it ultimately is a shoe from 92. And I'd rather yeah, have Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting one too, because like when it came out in 2013, uh, it was 160. And, you know, first time back, it's like, okay, that's probably reasonable. There's a big gap between the last release. I think there was like a, a super low key release in 2017 or if it even happened, but like, it's not like, you know, going back to that fire red threes thing, it's not like we're seeing 12 different versions of the shack attack every year. It's like, okay, I might be able to convince myself to spend 160, 180 on a shoe that only comes around once every 10 years, you know, but like it, to your point, it's like, you know, it doesn't make sense for retro products to be going that high, in my opinion, when generally speaking, you're going to fill the market full of colorways. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're looking at performance stuff, yeah, to your point, like on, I'm, I mean, I was thinking, as you were saying, that, I'm thinking like the Saucony Endorphin Pro is a crazy shoe for $180, $200. Like it's kind of like the, the Adidas Adios. What is it? The 10 or whatever. That's like, you know, running shoes progress at a, at a higher rate in my opinion, than, than any other performance models. And I think that sometimes those new technologies can be justified to have like that crazy pricing, but it's also always going to come down over time where like, for some reason, retro product is like not based on the technologies that are in the shoe. It's based on the hype or whatever. And it's like, they continue to go up where there's just not, I can't imagine there's enough demand for it. You know, I want to say 86 or 88 is when the pump one came out. I was on a pump two was 89, I believe. So it would have had to been 88, but the pump was worth 180. And to your point at the time, like people were paying for that. Now they're paying for pump and shack, the feeling of it, you know, the nostalgia of it, the everything of it. And, you know, us complaining, not complaining, but it's voicing well, our opinion. That also has real carbon fiber too, right? Real. I believe on the on the outside. Which on is, the real. Which is like not common in newer shoes. No. And like, I love it. Like, I love the way the Shack Attack looks. I love, I've worn these like four days in a row. I really do enjoy these shoes. The price point really didn't keep me away that bad. But it's a bummer when like you're excited for something and you lot and you go to buy it. And maybe you're not going to get Chipotle after. Maybe you're not going to get Chipotle <laughs> for for three days after. Um, I think Chipotle prices also feel in that inflation. But I mean, yeah, I can't be sacrificing burritos, man. Listeners, is this like sneaker inflation? Is this reaching for the dollar? Like, what do, what do you think it is? We're no economists. Economics? Economists? 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 Economists. E. coli. No. Um, <laughs> We don't know. I mean, there's got to be reasons. I like to hope that there's a reason why. I, I think the other question I have for, for the listeners, at what point do you start saying, screw these like regular brands and I'm going to start buying like more premium brands, right? Like at some point you're getting into like more lux- luxury brands and, and f- high fashion brands at price points where like, you know, I feel like people naturally are going to make those decisions and start to lean. I know that people collect all sorts of sneakers, but like I'm thinking of like, let's say like Adidas and the 4D stuff. When it came out at 350, 
I'd rather just buy a four hundred dollar Y three shoe than a three fifty Adidas shoe. You know, so yeah. I feel like we're in this. We're like really close to that like tapping out point for a lot of people. But yeah, we'd definitely love to hear everybody's <laughs> thoughts on that for sure. I'm laughing because Mike's. I forgot if it was like one ninety five or one ninety. He would at least like if it was one ninety. I'm good, but one ninety five. I can't do it. <laughs> I want to say it was 190, 195, but like, yeah. It's, it's so funny dollar? that we all have that cutoff though in our minds, right? Yeah. Like clearly 200 for me is like too much for some reason, but then like chasing a shoe that I've chased for a long time that, that I know is not going to retro. That's a different story. I'm willing to go further for those shoes just to, to, to get them, you know, if I, if I can't get them, but yeah, thank God for, uh, resellers i guess in that in that case right because because then then people hang on to shoes and get rid of them and you can get stuff that you slept on yeah exactly by kind the way this will be for end. another episode but goddamn those undefeated kobe fours that devin booker wore on media day gorgeous so nice anyway all right that was a short episode but we appreciate y'all rocking with us i'm nick ingvall you can find me on all platforms at nick ingvall robbie how can they find you you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. More importantly, just catch us at Sneaker History on all the platforms and hit the link in the description to join the Discord. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Goodbye. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.